as an example, when we talk about, to give an analogy to what influence is, a brand tends to, and this isn't all, but most brands tend to have a preference to work with a singer to sing to a million people and 900,000 of them have got loss of hearing. And they would rather work with that person that has a million people standing in the room than work with somebody that has half a million people standing in the room and only 100,000 of them have a loss of hearing. Hey guys, and welcome to the Take Flight podcast, where we speak with the highest achieving individuals in their industries to hear what they feel led to their success, whether that's habits, routines, or particular philosophies that they live by, so we can incorporate these practices, habits, and routines into our own lives and drive our own performance forward. It's all about encouraging, inspiring, and motivating each other to achieve our goals. I'm your host, Mark Whittle, and this week we have another incredible pair of guests, But before we get into this week's episode, I want to announce something that's really, really exciting for me. I've just announced the next Take Flight event taking place on the 5th of March. It's taken a lot of work and effort to get it to where it is at the moment, and I'm so excited with the lineup of who's going to be there. I had to push the event back twice, but I know everything happens for a reason, and it's going to be an incredible night. If you're unfamiliar with Take Flight events, you can listen back to episode 55, 57, and 59 to hear what it's all about. But generally, we discuss big topics around mindset and share secrets live in a more intimate setting that for me was just a natural progression to the audio podcast weekly. You can listen to those episodes 55, 57 and 59 to hear what it's all about. But the next event, as I said, is on the 5th of March in London King's Cross and the lineup is insane. I'm so, so excited for it. The theme of the evening is all about shining a light on the realities of what it really takes to achieve our goals. I feel in this instant gratification world, so many of us expect success overnight. And when that doesn't come, we give up and we quit very easily. And my goal for this evening is to share the stories of these amazing guests who I'll mention in a moment, who we will probably look at and think that they're incredible and they've got some sort of special gift. And in some cases they might have, but generally speaking, it's grit, determination and resilience. And I hope to inspire and encourage everyone in the room who is getting after a goal, who is facing a challenge, which inevitably is the case, to carry on with their pursuit of living their dreams and achieving their goals. So I'll quickly run through the guests, but you can see all the information on my Instagram page at markwhittle underscore TF, and the tickets are available through the link in my bio there too. I'm delighted to announce we have former professional rugby player for England and the Saracens, Will Frazier, who has been doing incredible things since he retired from the sport going into corporate companies and speaking very eloquently about how we build a successful team long term, how we build a successful winning culture. I think with a lot of people building businesses and people who are entrepreneurial, recruiting and building this kind of culture is a difficult thing and I cannot wait for Will to share that with us. And then we have an insane lineup for the panel conversation that will happen shortly after the keynote with the founder of Huel, which is an incredible business that's now worth a little over 250 million, Julian Hearn. He's an amazing individual. He's actually the episode after this on Take Flight. So you'll get to hear his full story on the podcast next week. And then you'll get to hear more from him live at the event. 
He's done incredible stuff and he's so well respected in the business. We've got three-time Team GB Olympian Sarah Lindsay, who's the golden girl of speed skating for Team GB and represented us at three Winter Olympics and then went on to found the most well-respected transformation gym in the city, in my opinion, Raw Fitness. She's an incredibly inspiring individual. Then we have former WBC professional world boxing champion, John Ryder. He's part of Matchroom Boxing and he's on an incredible journey. He's done so much and he's got amazing things ahead of him. And finally, David Abramovich, the founder of Grind Coffee, who has about 15, it might even be 16 now, 15 or 16 sites in London, the most successful independent coffee store in the city. Such a great lineup. And I'm finalising one more special guest who's going to be able to give a guided meditation to kick the evening off, get us all centred, get us connected in the room and ready to hear these great stories and advice. So that's the event I'm so excited for, but let's kick on with today's episode. The guests for episode 72 of the Take Flight podcast are the amazing Ali Gordon and Lydia Millen. If you've listened to episode 71, you'll know that we did a part one and a part two to Ali and Lydia's conversation and I had so much fun sitting down with them. We just went on for about four hours, but there was so much that I wanted to ask the guys and I just have so much respect and adoration for them anyway. There were so many questions I wanted to ask and they were so kind with their time that we ended up sitting there all afternoon. Part one has had incredible feedback. Thank you so much to everybody who shared. Thank you so much for everyone who's DM'd and messaged and said that they enjoyed the episode. We went up to seven in the charts, which was great. And this week we get to hear part two of that conversation. You don't need to listen to part one before you listen to part two, but I would suggest doing so just so you have context to this episode. And if you don't know the guys, Ali and Lydia are two incredibly inspiring individuals who are pretty much, in my opinion, the king and queen of the internet. Fantastic as far as what they do for brands and how they create story around what they're doing. They have an insane global following and are just doing so much in the space of content creation, influence across YouTube, all social channels. And they really inspire people with their message, which I just think is so important. I love the guys so much. They're amazing people. Without further ado, please enjoy part two of this incredibly inspiring conversation with the amazing Ali Gordon and Lydia Millen. Thanks for listening. We are back live. Little, little mic test again. So nice little intermission there. Sorry about that, guys. No, if you've got to have a poo, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's judging you here on the podcast today. Thanks for the facilities. We all do. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm definitely cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely natural. I have it's the power. <laughs> oh, dear. So I have thoroughly enjoyed my time here already. I'm really annoyed we had to stop, but we had a nice little intermission. I've been treated to a green tea and we're ready to go again. Yes, we are. So a few more questions I have for you guys and then we're going to go for a nice pub lunch. Um, so what I wanted to start with now, having been through some of the more difficult times in the last six to 12 months, talk about some of your highlights since I've last seen you. You've been doing amazing things and obviously Ali, I've known you since I was probably what, 14? Yeah, 13. no, a bit younger than that, mate. 13, 12. I'd say more like 11, 12. Yeah? Yeah, it was secondary school. Yeah. Okay, so I've known so, you for ages. So yeah. I've watched as you've kind of grown and yeah. and developed into the young specimen that you are. Just say it. I've watched you go through puberty. Just say it. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've watched you, like how you've improved and developed and done amazing things. And obviously I'd watched that before we recorded the last podcast yeah, sure. um, and enjoyed seeing how you've developed even more. I feel like you've kind of really hit a peak in the last couple of years and the stuff you're doing is amazing and we were just talking in the kitchen there about 
the recent video you did when you were like jumping in the air and your outfits are changing on you yeah, yeah. while you're in oh, the air. My IGTV so cool. videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah people are enjoying those. I think they're um, they're engaging, a bit of fun. Sometimes things can be quite serious, can't they, in life? And it's just adding a little bit of fun and uh, a bit of entertainment into the uh, content online. So. Do you know the other one that actually, I think it might be in a different video to that, where you did a, a kind of how-to? Was that a different one to that? And you had the record player in the corner and you were showing like how you chop it up. I've done a vlog how, which is, yeah, so I've done a vlog at how I create, there you go. created an IGTV video. And then obviously I posted it, the actual final video on Instagram. Mm. But I think then, you should do more of those, mate, because yeah, even though I would never want to create it, well, yeah. I'd, probably, I'd probably want to, but I would never <laughs> do it. Uh, it was so fascinating to watch and see actually what goes into it. Yeah, some people show an interest and some people don't. It depends, doesn't it? Your audience is also very split in terms of what they're into. So not everybody's interested in the production side well, maybe just make one for me <laughs> no but i think that it, even though i know that it's hard when you put something out and it maybe doesn't get the the views or the engagement that you hope but i think as an added value thing to what you're doing and, and people seeing that even though that's a two minute video or whatever the hard work like you start prepping for those videos like days in advance and that's not even like the planning process just prepping for the film day he spends so much time doing yeah, it. Yeah, it take a couple of days to do, like they to really film do. and edit, if that makes sense. So like from from brainstorming the concept and coming up with the sort of tricks or whatever you want to call it that you incorporate in that video to then making sure that you've got your outfits, any props that are needed, to then the filming setup. Because I obviously do the whole thing. So I do the creative, I do the photography work, and no, sorry, the videography work and the lighting. So I set everything up. I then start in it and then perform however I need to, and then edit. Mm. So it's kind of like the whole process is quite long-winded when you're a one-man band, yeah. and you try and do a bit of everything. But I do really enjoy doing them, and it's funny you actually say that, because on Friday last week, or Thursday last week, I actually filmed a YouTube video, which is behind the scenes of photography, and it just talks about the fundamentals of photography and how I approach a campaign. Um, I've just shot a campaign for a whiskey company, um, for duty free and I just went through the process and the very basic steps that I would take to achieving um, the end result and so that video is going to be going out soon so it's kind of like those Amazing. BTS IGTV it's mm -hmm. BTS photography so I just talk about some of the things I think about because <laughs> sorry that's just a wild idiot <laughs> please, please cut that out <laughs> if you leave that in you're leaving the poo in <laughs> Sorry, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> no, I think it's good because it's that message is a distilled down version of what you've done over a decade, really. Yeah, because the effort and work that goes into it, even on the video, it was I was blown away because. You'd started in the morning and then you were talking about how you had to change the lighting again because it had actually gone dark. Too dark. I was like, Jesus, what's, how long is that? Yeah. 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 But it's amazing. Well, it took, takes longer when, when you're, so it doesn't normally take as long as that, but when you're vlogging, so this is another thing. So when I did my video the other day for the whiskey shoot, I did a TikTok video. Mm. I did stories. I did the actual photo for the feed and I did a BTS YouTube video. So I'm creating across four platforms, one activity. What's so the BTS bit? Behind the scenes. Okay. So the, the YouTube video is behind the scenes of me doing a photo shoot. But of Not course, the Korean, Korean boy band. <laughs> 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 oh, damn it. 
<laughs> sussed me. Um, but so because you're creating multiple levels of pieces of content, every piece needs to have an element of attention. So it takes longer. So mm. typically I would say that I would achieve, uh, you know, the setup, the execution and probably get it loaded onto my computer within a day. And then the following day I would spend the best part of the day editing it and exporting it, getting it ready to publish. So onto my phone. Mm. So that's the kind of like time frames that it takes. And they used to take longer. Um, it's the same with YouTube videos. You know, you could, I could edit just a talking YouTube video, which is 15, 20 minutes long in two to three hours. Um, but when I stick in B-roll, which is like the more cinematic stuff that can t make it take a day. Yeah. Um, mm. So it just depends on what you're producing and, and stuff. But yeah, yeah, well, I mean, also, you know, although you're saying it takes a long time there, it's fantastic to see and fascinating actually to see how quickly you turn stuff around as well. Work because like play. you were just showing me the images of this conversation. Yeah. Already. I've already got my phone. They're I've actually got phone. my phone already edited. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Man. Yeah. He's so. definitely been so good at streamlining his content creation to be as fast as possible in a work paced environment. Like in a in a fast paced environment because yeah. um that's what it is. Like if you're at an event and that event is only happening that one time in the year and people on social media, they know it's happening there and then. They don't want that content in a week's time. Yeah. Silverstone Formula One, for example, yeah. you're going to get the content out that day or the next day mm. because it soon gets old news. So it's just... It's just wasted content. So yeah. It's, it's fast-paced industry, Yeah, you have to be... And everyone that works with you has to understand the quick turnarounds and the the speed and... Also, the effortlessness of it as well, because even if we're at an event, we're there to be present and meet the brands or meet the people that are there. And we can't actually be creating this stuff. So our teams behind us need to be ensuring that they're capturing what's going on for us to then post and share where we've yeah. been, what we've been doing. So but Ali is the one that kind of innovated that for the both of us. Really. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love creating content. It's my well, favourite thing. I suppose there's so much of it going out by so many different people. So is that one of the keys to cutting through the noise is just being super quick with the turnaround and getting it out when it's still relevant? I think to a small amount, but I also just think that people like hearing things from people they like generally. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go and listen to someone that I don't like talk about something that I'm interested in. I want it to be delivered to me in a way that I can understand and relate to and the person maybe has the same beliefs or morals as me so that's why I think that you kind of have your people that you follow online that you relate to and you want to hear from them and it's not just anyone who's posting about it so I think it's an element of, of it but I couldn't sit and watch someone I don't like who's maybe attending a show at fashion week that I do like I couldn't sit there and watch their content mm. because it probably just make me feel negative feelings and I don't want to feel that I'd rather watch someone that I do like and feel positive feelings and enjoy the content there how do you think people can be more likable with the content they're building I think people just need to I think what makes people unlikable the most is when they try to not be themselves yeah which is kind of ironic right yeah you people just need to chill relax be who they are and going back to what we we're saying, it's very easy to not be who you are because you fear not being liked mm. and you fear people having an opinion on who you really are. And it's very easy to put up a bit of a, a protection against that online. And I think the more you grow the confidence and have the attitude of, 
I don't really care that's when the true you can come out Mm. and I think that I think that there's also a lot especially in the women's sector there's such a and I think I've spoken about this a few times but there's such a pressure on on like having a brand identity yes and being sort of marketable to the brands that you want to work with and I've totally fallen down that that path in the past and lost everything that I feel were like my qualities as a person because I was trying to appeal to brands Mm. and actually the real kind of success and um, growth came from just being myself and letting that be my brand and that's sort of the most groundbreaking thing is that this whole industry that we're in is built on relatability and following people that you have an affinity with and if you're trying to be like a brand you're just going to go and follow the brands you don't want to I don't want to be following a brand I want to follow a real human with thoughts and emotions and but then also know what they like and what they don't like and so that's be complex yeah 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 and have evolving opinions and thought processes that's what's interesting yeah rather than just like you say being a very fixed one-dimensional perfectly appealing brand because you've strived to appeal to working with companies you know it's it's important isn't it that's to, such a good point to make sure that you don't focus on what you think you should be focused on and you just be yourself and that's, that's something the key isn't it yeah and that's i mean that's definitely something you have to learn oh yeah because you have to build your confidence like i've said before i practiced for like six months in my car talking to myself before i even filmed a youtube video just getting Mm. comfortable with being able to talk to a camera as much as possible like it is another person because you don't want to be like spoken to just reeling off information and talking you want there to be emotions and feelings and now when i pick up my camera i do feel like i'm talking to other people because i've learned to not think of it as a camera but it obviously doesn't have the same um the same thing that like a conversation has but I want people to feel like we're having a conversation when we're when they're watching my videos and I don't want them to feel like they're talking to a rigid human yeah. that's scripted and yeah you can just give your camera a name I actually haven't done this but someone did say that to me before they're oh, just really? like just give your camera a name and then then it becomes more you can talk to it as it's as if it's someone you did refer to your camera as she earlier did I? Yeah. Did he? I didn't even realize. Oh, actually, I think you're actually referring to Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Same maybe. thing. When you said she got these pictures, did you mean Lydia or the camera? Uh, no, I meant Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Lydia took the cameras, the pictures on the camera. <laughs> okay, right. I was like, um, you referred to his yeah. camera as she. <laughs> I just call the camera what it is. I just, I just will call it the name of the model. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you could call it like John or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, if that helps you. That's kind a of, great idea. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah. used to talking to a camera or your phone. You can call yeah. your phone, you know, Sally is fine. Mm. Who's Sally? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Sally? <laughs> I think uh, when I, it was a bit different, but with podcasting, I just did episodes with friends. Yeah. yeah. To start with. Yeah. Because I felt comfortable. Yeah. And even if we did say we were like, I'm a bit nervous now. Like, yeah. It was, it was fine. Too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also we could stop and talk about whatever. And yeah. Yeah. That made it a bit easier. But yeah, I like that idea. And you're doing six months in the car to get. I suppose that helps with your confidence. Yeah. But something else I'd say is, particularly with with you, Lydia, is you're the same in your vlogs and as you are here today. Oh, thanks. It but makes equally it... annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that that's something that I really worried about, though. I would. I mean, obviously, there'll be times when I'm like sad or 
or I'm having a, a stressful day and I must be like completely to, to some people I'll be completely different on online but I could never sustain being happy and and like joyful all the time so there will be times even if I'm in London I've had a really horrible day and I meet someone and I'm like oh god I really didn't feel like I was my best mm. self then but I think the majority of people understand that everyone is like yeah. a roller coaster of emotions and you can't always be your happy self but I do like to think that people get exactly what who you are uh, yeah what I put out but I was also always worried because obviously I work in the beauty industry I was always worried that people would um think I look completely different online because you meet those people and they look nothing like their Instagram pictures and you're like oh my god so that was a big worry but so far when people come to my meetups they, they say I actually look better, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Canon, for making a camera, making, making me look ugly. No. But that's nice to hear because they're things that cause me worry because I want to ensure that I'm putting out good content. But and also, authentic. Yeah, I'm being myself because this is... It's just me. Mm. And that's why it's been such a, an exciting thing and such a cool industry to be a part of because you're just someone putting yourself out on yeah. the internet and that's lovely. Are there brands who our understanding of that and look for people who are authentic it's hard because it's a it's so new and I find myself getting quite frustrated because anyone can grow a big audience online anyone and a lot of the industry is basically built on numbers that people don't really understand and so they think that, ah, big numbers must equate to big ROI. And it doesn't actually work like that. What it works, it, it, beautiful things happen in the industry when there's authenticity. Good numbers, doesn't have to be big numbers, but authenticity and someone just being themselves mm. because people believe that. You can't fool people into thinking that you're someone you're not. And that will tell if you work with a creator and it doesn't quite go to plan that's probably because one of those key factors is missing from the mix but it's not quantifiable and brands need to understand everything needs to be quantifiable to them that's how business heads think, yeah right? mm -hmm. but the beauty of this whole industry is not built on that mm -hmm. it's just a relationship that people have with their audience yeah. and you can have a million followers but a million of them could not give a crap yeah. about what you're talking about if you've just built them because you're doing viral content constantly, they know nothing about you. Like I often, I love watching like really entertaining videos and there's, I've got like the girls that I just think are amazing, but I often struggle with the products that they use because I'm like, well, why are you using that product? I don't know enough about you to know why you've chosen to use that product or why you bought that product or, or why that eyeshadow is better than the one you were using yesterday. And there needs to be more of an understanding of how, conversational content online and the longer form content creates trust and gives context to partnerships with brands but I've, I've said it for a long time there's just so many people that are trying to quantify an industry yeah. that they know nothing about um, numbers can be so misleading uh, misleading and uh, the st statistics and analytics can be misleading even if you know the numbers are correct but how you read into those numbers don't ring true to what you're looking to achieve um i don't know if this is an analogy that you should leave in but i'll say it anyway and i always say 
as an example when we talk about to give an analogy to what influence is a brand tends to and this isn't all but most brands tend to have a preference to work with a singer to sing to a million people and 900,000 of them have got loss of hearing and they would rather work with that person that has a million people standing in the room than work with somebody that has half a million people standing in the room and only 100,000 of them have a loss of hearing. So what I'm trying to say is is that the message that they're sending out would actually be more proactive to work with the person that has less people standing in the room which relates to less audience but more people are listening as opposed to the large room where less yeah. people are listening yeah the relevance yeah yeah but it's also there's it's just so hard because then people will say ah so we should be working with micro influencers but this industry is so new and young that I could be a sorry my tummy's rumbling. I could be a micro influencer tomorrow. I could just, you know, buy myself 10k. No one can really prove that I've not just bought that 10k followers. And I can go to a brand and be like, I want you to pay me to work on your product. And brands are like, oh, okay, we're working with micro influencers now. This is a micro influencer. They have numbers. Numbers mean value. So let's work with them. And then they don't really see anything from it because that's what they're used to with magazines. They would pay to be in magazines. They wouldn't necessarily see an uplift from that. And it's understanding that the uplift and the real value of this industry comes at something that you can't see. You can't see. You can't quantify it. It comes from an authenticity that... Relationship. Yeah, you can't, you can't put a value on. Do they come back to you after a campaign and yeah. say like results driven yes yeah. yeah my media pack is full of quotes from brands for one example i work people will know what this brand is but people will work um it's also sorry just to because this is another good point but there's a lack of understanding that you'll get people that work with multiple products and of the same genre like and i understand as a fake tanning user that you don't really chop and change your tan when you find a tan that, that works for you you stick with your fake tan until maybe one day you think, oh, I might try that. Is that better? But you don't change your tan like you do your foundation or something. Like that. I'm sure this is all foreign to you guys. But <laughs> Yeah, me um, and Mark are sitting here looking at each other like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, That's where I've been going wrong. I've been yeah. changing it. <laughs> <laughs> but as a consumer, which I am, as much as I'm on this side of things, I'm a consumer and I understand that. So when I found my tan that worked for me, I rarely do this but I said to them I was like I actually don't use another tan other than yours so I would love to work with you and they were like well we have worked with people in the past and in all honesty they just they they didn't really understand the way that consumers are and that they'd be working with us and then they'd be working another with another tan brand I'm like well I don't work on things that I don't use so let's let's try try the waters and test it out and see how it goes and when I worked on their first campaign in Boots, they have this top 10 products out of all of their products that are in store. And Fake Tan never makes it into it because that's a niche product. So it's never in there. And then one day they're like, oh, why is uh, why is this Fake Tan product in the uh, top 10 at Boots? And they looked at the dates and they perfectly aligned with the date that my video went live. And they reported that back to me to say that we've never, and Boots have never had Fake Tan hit their top 10 ever product and sales 
Yeah. yeah. So for me, that shows the relationship and the trust and the authenticity that I've built with my audience. And that's just one. Mm. And a lot of the brands that I work with regularly have these kinds of reports that I obviously am so proud of because it's not something that you can just, you know, create loads of content and hope that it happens. I've turned down so much and spoken about honestly about working in the industry and been sure that when I'm working on products it's not that I'm like I love it but I don't really care if you love it it's things that I think actually I love this so much I know that a lot of you are going to enjoy it and I take it all very very seriously but this is the education process that is very frustrating because there are only a few people in the industry that take their sponsorships and their relationships with their audience as seriously as that and a lot of people just think yeah okay I'll work on that great they're paying and it gives us all a bad name it gives us all a bad name and it would be I think it would be such a a change for brands to understand I mean I work with a lot of brands that do understand it now because we've sat down we've gone through the data that we do have gone through the the way in which it works and they understand but there's still so many brands out there that just think big numbers big ROI let's go with that Hmm. and it doesn't work like that Hmm. there's been a lot of positive change within our space yeah industry and there always will be and it'll continue to do so because it evolves and I do think that a lot of brands have become a lot more aware Hmm. of what they need to look for and what is important to them and everybody at the end of the day has their own goals so a company will have their own goals and what they're trying to achieve from a partnership with an online creator and it might not be ROI they might say you know we don't need ROI with this collaboration we just purely want to be exposed we just want to be seen everybody knows about us um, in these areas of the world and we just want to make sure that our brand is seen in this area of the world so we're going to go and work with creators that have got large demographics around that area and it's just making sure that as the creator that you're being authentic Mm -hmm. and you're talking about things that you think will resonate and be useful to the audience that you're that you have and I do think that brands are becoming more aware of what they are looking for and what they want and in some cases it might be that the pure objective is just to get numbers on a spreadsheet sent back to somebody that's higher up in the company that just wants to see a a numbers return and that is a lot of the time what it is that when you speak to people that are actually working on the campaigns at this level they're like all they want is numbers all likes. they want is likes and it's even if that doesn't be, you know become anything else other than a like of a picture they're happy with that hmm. and it's sort of but i do think it i do think it has changed a lot I think yeah that, that isn't so much the case anymore yeah i think that's fair to say well everyone's got somebody to answer to haven't they and yeah, yeah whatever that objective is if it's roi or likes or whatever everyone has ultimately got to show someone they've done their job well yeah yeah and sadly that's not a mindset of longevity or no. improving the business and the customer yeah. base and the loyalty of the customer base. It's very hard to tell somebody that's in a high position that they need to change the way in which they operate when they've had success doing it their way. Yeah. It's a very hard thing to convince somebody that there's a better way to do this when mm. they've had success doing it their way. And yeah. unfortunately in beauty, there are a lot of 
What? I wouldn't say it. Why? <laughs> I just wouldn't. Why? A lot okay. of men that sit okay. at the top. Yeah, there okay. are. It's a known fact. There's yeah, a okay. lot of men that sit at the top <laughs> and they just want to know numbers. Like It's at most beauty brands. You'd be surprised that there is just a boardroom of men that sit at the top and they're like, yeah, but how many likes did they get? Yeah. If they didn't get the likes, then that's all we care about. It's a, it's a bit of a bit of a kind of ego play yeah give me the likes and we've we've had some sort of success i think to speak what you were saying earlier lydia not sure if it's the best analogy but you can see it's been this way a long time in the u.s but kids don't follow teams they follow players because it's emotional when you watch the journey of this player who's gone from a college into the nba or whatever Mm -hmm. and as they move around the teams they buy the jersey of that player in the different teams and that's what they're doing it's starting to be the case in the uk as well like less and less is their loyalty to a team it's more to the player. So people will support Ronaldo or like someone Messi, else. Messi, yeah. Yeah, Messi yeah, yeah. because it's emotional and you, you you relate to the person and because social media is so great in this aspect, it's allowed us to get closer to, know to those You can people. actually stay connected yeah. on and off the pitch. Yeah. It, that's um, actually, that's so true. I didn't yeah. even, I mean, obviously I don't really know much about football, mm-hmm. but that's I didn't think about it like that, that now social media gives you the opportunity to pinpoint the person that yeah. represents what you like aspire to or believe in Just better with. yeah that's what it's so great for because like you could read the book for example or yeah. or hear, hear a podcast with somebody or mm-hmm. see someone on tv and search that person on instagram or wherever you get your social media kick and follow that person's content consistently and almost have them as a mentor in your life without ever having met them yeah something i also wanted to speak to you guys about i've screenshotted some of your images oh gosh because perv <laughs> come on <laughs> and this lingerie one it really caught my attention <laughs> that's from Ali's account yeah. <laughs> so I think something that's important is people who have massive audiences yeah. don't always just do stuff which is business led and they try and do stuff which is positively impacting the people that follow them and I think you guys are really good at finding that balance between the two oh, thanks so with that said some of the stuff I wanted to ask you about, I'll take it in turns. I've got an example of a couple of you. There was a caption, Lydia, oh God. that you said, which says, people only rain on your parade because they're jealous of your son and tired of their shade. Oh, yeah. That's quite profound. Yes. Yes. I've had um, a roller coaster in my career. career um, and I've definitely felt sidelined for a, a lot of it. And I used to think that that was a reflection of me. And I now understand that sometimes I think we were even talking about this the other day, that actually a lot of the time, like when you leave a situation, maybe feeling stupid or something like that, it's probably not a reflection of Hmm. of you. It's the way... Just say it. it's a reflection of them. Yeah, it's a ref- <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's a ref- I, I know you get really frustrated with how long I, I, I'm very considered with my response because I never want to see, seem like I'm talking horribly about anyone. But sometimes people externalize their feelings, and it, it's the same thing with hatred. Blah, 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 hatred online. It's the same thing with that. That often, when you look deeper into it, it's something that they're feeling about themselves. Like you probably highlight something mm. that they're feeling. And they're projecting it because they're like, they see you living your life and being happy and doing the things that maybe they wanted. And that makes them angry because they didn't do that for themselves. And so they project that onto you. 
And that was a big lesson that I had to learn that sometimes it's not about you or what you've done and you're not to blame for it. Sometimes it does just come down to the person and where they are in their life and and you, you, you can't take that and internalize it and use it to sort of back yourself down. Yeah. You just have to understand it and then let it go. And I do think that it's a very relatable caption. I think a lot of people in life will probably feel like there is somebody that's perhaps um, shadowing them, making them, dragging them down and, mm. and making them not feel, how do I describe this? I just think it's a relatable caption. Yeah. I think in, in lots of different aspects, oh, not yeah. just online. It's, it's yeah. in any walk of life, people can feel that way. That, you know, if you're working in a in an office and you're going for a promotion or you're pitching something and then someone else takes the the credit for it because they can see that you're progressing it's like all the time there are all these different aspects of life where mm-hmm. people will try to hold you down yeah. or bring you down in order to try and elevate themselves yeah. but it just doesn't work like that yeah it works it works both ways as well like there's a it's i guess it's kind of a, um, a belief that if you don't like somebody Obviously, your example is with somebody else, so it's their problem, really. Mm. They're, they're 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 kind of pushing that on you. Yeah. But there's also examples of like when you don't like somebody, mm-hmm. usually what you don't like in them is something you don't like in yourself. Yeah. So kind of, you can... and it's that being able to have that self reflection mm. that you can sort of acknowledge when maybe this person brings out a side of me that isn't good, and I don't want that brought out, or they highlight something that I need to work on. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of people don't have that kind of reflection, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, sometimes maybe I don't, but I think you get to a point in your life where you do start being able to reflect and, yeah. and progress and you want a little bit more growth from yourself. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's amazing. I think, well, both of you, but Lydia, I know you do lots of stuff like the reading and you used to do a lot of audio books and stuff as well. So yeah. I love that you that you have that in you as well. Plus that picture was coupled with a lovely picture of you with an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You're so creative. Come right. follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. At Ali Gordon. 89. Oh no, you changed it. Yeah, yeah no more 89. So Ali, your turn. Yes. There are times when solitude is better than society and silence is wiser than speech. Oh, that is a fantastic caption. <laughs> wow. Talk to me. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know Can you show me the photo that's related yeah. to? It's a great photo as well. Yeah. There's something that in- inspires this. So there would have been a moment of uh, in this time that made me think this. So I'm just trying to yeah, understand what please. it was that triggered that thought for me to say it. Yeah, I'll please. be able to tell you about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, mate, take time. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Like I was listening back to our episodes that we did before this just to like research and remember what we spoke about. And you forget things that you said, don't you? Because things are obviously on your mind in that time. That's another thing of being authentic. Like mm-hmm. If something comes up in your life or you're triggered by something, naturally, that's going to be something that you will talk about or yeah. bring up or question. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. You look back and you're like, wow. I'm going to have to listen to the first one that what we did. That? And then... Um, listen to this one afterwards yeah. and just see because okay. I, I feel like I was just a completely different person when we did the hmm. the one which is a good thing I think but it'd be nice they'll be like they'll be pretty much bang on two years apart yeah I think that I would have been a little bit focusing more on like a little bit more negativity hmm. and how I, I've let that infiltrate me but 
now I just even going into this I was like I don't really want to I think I've done a few podcasts where I talk about like dealing with the hate online and stuff like that and I reference it sure but it's not something that I dwell on like I used to anymore and I'm able to take it brush it off Mm. take from it what I need to if there's feedback that I can kind of scrape through then great but it's not something I dwell on like I used to Mm. which is a relief yeah (laughs) that's amazing I think I think that was to do with um around links yeah i think so let me see the date that that was posted i'm just trying to because when i read it i was thinking more about like stillness is so important in our lives and i spoke with both of you about things like meditation and stuff yeah and if you don't have that even just before we clicked record again we were talking about like not keeping it all in your head Mm. and writing things down like those moments of clarity come from quiet and nine times out of ten silence is the best thing to do like when you're yeah. like you know i speak about it from a business sense in negotiations if you just sit and don't say anything which was hard because i'm extrovert and i used to just yeah, yeah, yeah. used to talk all the time when you do just sit back and just don't say anything it's funny what you see other people do and yes. what they'll say and yeah. how they'll act i have this amazing saying that i love to use it's better to keep quiet and appear dim than open one's mouth and remove all doubt hmm. and i just think that that is that's me all over. <laughs> <laughs> that is me but that all over. That is my favourite saying ever because how many times have I thought to go into a situation with opinions and thoughts and it, I may not be equipped with that information to give and I've just, anyone that thought I was an idiot, now they know for definite I'm an idiot. So it's better to just sit there and if people think, I think she's an idiot, but she didn't say anything so I don't know and mm. that's what I take now. I think that it's so important to just sit sometimes and listen and yeah. and absorb there's so much mystery in that as well yeah like yeah you think more about them and well I think you should do another caption with that one. Oh, really yeah I think I've, I've used that one quite a few times I have you I'll reuse it okay. <laughs> I think, my yeah I think it's not the, very good for podcast though. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think being able to actually um sit and listen is something that a lot of people could benefit from because mm. actually sitting there and listening to something without interrupting I'm a nightmare somebody will start talking and I'll have a thought and I'll interrupt but that caption is nothing to do with me interacting with people. I think that was, I honestly think that caption was to do with me trying to talk about stabilizing yourself. And finding as, as solitude in, in your own headspace, I would probably say. Yeah, I guess. But no, yeah, I think that was around a bit of a strange time in my head. You've definitely yeah. caught him off guard there. He's like, yeah. oh, you want me to delve into this? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. But <laughs> then, then when it clicked what I thought it could have been about, I'm like, I can't even talk about that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Because it's Sorry. something that I can't really talk about <laughs> on here. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Give me another one. This next one's an easy one. Okay. This is Lydia's caption, and I want you both to answer. Ooh. If we were all faced to wear labels, what would yours say? Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> it follows up with something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was, yeah. But, but do you want you me were... to say what my label would be? or? I mean, what would your, I want you to answer more from a place of like what your message would be. So mm. if you were wearing a, a message. Ooh. If I was wearing a message, wow. Well, if you had to walk around with a message on your head. Yeah, it's like if we were all forced to wear labels, what Um, would yours be? But not like fashion labels, like I turned that caption into. Yeah, that was great. What is the Oh, this is a good question. How do you remember that? Um, it's outrageous because it was quite I think it's probably because it was quite a controversial one and people were like this is so materialistic <laughs> and it's yeah oh, I don't know because there's so many that I would say I would, I would want it to be inspiring but then I would want it to also be kind 
and so it's like do I want I'd probably say I'd want more it would I would want it to, to be something that taught people to remember to be kind like what you were saying earlier that you don't know what someone's going through and I wish that that was something that people were conscious of more and you have to be reminded I think of that yeah like I would want that to be on me not as a as I as like I'm a poster child of that but just as a constant reminder to everyone because even that person that's rude to the cashier in the supermarket there's probably a reason why they're rude like I think of all the times when we were at our worst last year and if someone had said something to me I probably would have snapped at them but it wasn't because it wasn't because of them it was because of what I was dealing with and it's not their fault and it's just having more understanding and more empathy for everyone and even if you ask that person that has snapped at you is everything okay you might get an answer that's different so I would just be like I think that message is actually currently at the uh, bottom right foot <laughs> yeah I know I've, I've gone I've gone a bit over my, my message but I, <laughs> Well, yeah. Just summarize it. Summarize just some. It. I, just be kind. Like it would. That be is what kind. it would be. Kind that's to perfect. everyone. That's like nice. That's a nice message. But like even like, I, I know what you're saying. There was an example about three weeks ago where I was going into Costa. Other coffee shops are available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going into Costa, and the guy was like so rude. And I was and because I was tired. I was just getting wound up. Mm. I was like, this fucking guy. Like it was. It was really irritating me because I asked for oat milk because <laughs> obviously. You're Not a bougie anymore, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've, been watching, you've been watching Lydia for too long. Yeah. Oh, I love her. You're a bougie bitch. Are you, are you, do you drink oat milk? So, no, I, I have soya. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I asked for oat milk. I was like, don't have oat milk. I was like, all right. All right. Coconut then. Don't have coconut. I was like, all right. So just being difficult. But yeah. then, Not offering a solution, which yeah. is really, that's that's something that I struggle with, to be empathetic towards when yeah. someone is is being purposely difficult and then not trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. It, that's, yeah, I, I, my patience is thin with that. That's my message. Have empathy. Nice. Thanks. Really good. <laughs> be, be kind. Have empathy. I stole it. From? It's just there. Just <laughs> said it. Oh, did I? But like this, with this particular person, I was caught myself. I was like, I'm going to just try and be really nice to him for the next two minutes. And then he was fine. Yeah. Actually, he's really nice back, but... And you might have changed his day from that. Yeah. Just like, this is the thing. And I forget it. I am not a perfect example of this, but just just the response that you give someone, like just a smile is again in this book that I read, like the the difference in people's reactions to things from just a smile or a, a, like a touch of their arm. Like I'm terrible with physical contact with people that I don't know. And I'm learning more to let go of that and just the reassurance of touching someone's arm when you're talking to them or saying goodbye or or asking them how they are. Like you can completely alter someone's day. And that's such an incredible power that I don't think enough of us harness Mm. that when you come across someone and they're sad or they're grumpy or they're mean, maybe you can change that around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Be kind and have empathy. Mm. Amazing. Two together. We stand together. Yeah. The dream team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a very hard question, though. I, I yeah. do think that's quite I'm hard sorry. to think without, really on the spot, that's quite... Uh, Careful. Yeah, because there's so many ways in which you could take that message, isn't there? Because yeah. there's lo- lots of things that you would love to remind and, people and of. And also, I think if I asked you it in a month's time, it might be different. Yeah. yeah. We'd have more time to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have read the questions. Yeah, Damn. No, you answered it perfectly. So, thank you. So, should we do one more? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure, mate. Is yeah. it one of Ali's though? Because it. Yeah, do one of mine, but it might take me a while to uh, okay. decide where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got one of them you've kind of answered already, which is mystery creates wonder, and wonder is the basis of our desire to understand. Yeah, I like that. Can I read it so I can take it in? Because when you say it, I struggle to. He's actually, a very visual person. Yeah, I'm very visual. This smouldering photo of you on it. Of that helps. <laughs> what is that? That TV program? No, not TV. The new Jumanji film, and the. I haven't seen it. It's oh, good. I'm no, not, not really. But <laughs> the, the the Rock's character. I don't know his name. He um his superpower is smouldering. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ali be good at that. In this caption, I think what I'm trying to say is is that to have to to find something mysterious, you you're intrigued. And to be intrigued in something encourages you to learn. And so to be interested in something and to be find something mysterious, that will create you to want to learn about that. So it's kind of like the basis of us learning about something is the mystery of it in a sense it's like when you want really want to know about something and you're intrigued by something you will invest your time to understand it and learn a lot more that's what i'm trying to say so yeah there's an element of curiosity there as well yeah massively i guess curiosity and mystery is the same that i'm kind of putting those together as the same word it's nice man i think as well like it's one of my not fears as such but just like i think i worry about that if an element of that curiosity dies down a little bit as we get older yeah that's... and that, keeping that alive is so yeah. important yes that's why i was saying about the vegetables did, did we say that on the podcast when we were yeah. talking about them? no we, that was before uh, we no. started recording but oh, yeah. basically mark and i were talking about how our parents never forced us to eat vegetables as kids and now i've i've often spoken about the fact that i get to learn like new things that i like and there's still vegetables that i've never tried and experiences that I get to be more conscious of later on in life. So when I say to people that my parents never forced it on me, they're like, oh gosh. And I literally ate beige food until I was about 18. And then I, your metabolism slows down. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it's so fun. Like at 27, I had my first avocado and I love avocados. It's great. And I found it on my own sort of merit and it's exciting and it creates just that little bit of, excitement and curiousness about mm. what you're still learning and obviously that's just vegetables imagine how amazing my life is going to be when I learn other things <laughs> <laughs> but it's good though because you, you do grow to love it and you're saying as well that like with that you're a massive foodie and you love your yeah. food and you wonder whether people like these sort of things as much if it's if it's forced, forced upon on you. them and yeah. in, the, in the same way you know like we were speaking earlier about when things happen to you or actually when they don't happen to you and you can't relate to people mm. until it does happen to you and you experience you're like oh wow yeah okay shit yeah. now I see what they were talking about or yeah. whatever you have to go through it yourself exactly it's so true the life lessons that although they're hard you now understand so much more because of them hmm. lovely <laughs> <laughs> what was my last caption I want to know which one you like the last one was, I might be able to just think of an answer for you here whilst we uh... I've spent many days perplexed and confused and my curiosity and drive to understand will never fade and I noticed that with time, my outlook changes on all aspects of my life. These are all links influenced yeah. captions. Yeah, that was such a huge learning. Like, yeah, that was all, his that was whole outlook changed. Well. And I think 100%. that I don't think that you've touched on quite how like much of a catalyst that was. That you mm. ha- you're so more 
open-minded now that's, as a person. That's, that's the word. Yeah. Definitely. Like he'll, he, he used to, I remember when I had sleep anxiety and I used to ask him if he wanted to like meditate with me. I'd and laugh. Yeah. He'd laugh. He just, he was so, when was this? oh, this was years, years ago, ago, like when we were in our old house and, um, about four years and ago. he just, he couldn't be serious and he really like, he, he just wasn't in that, everything was just cut and dry to him. There was no in between. And yeah now he'll say like i think i need to do some some yoga or i need to just do some stretching or something he understands yeah. like the energy that he has and also like i think it's self-awareness as well yeah isn't it and actually it's really hard to step out of your body and look at yourself yeah. if that makes sense does that make mm-hmm. sense that's what yes. meditation is right yeah, yeah. so I've, i always found that that was something that i never did and i never took the time to try mm. and so i guess that things happen such as yeah, it's been you lose something and it affects everything. I think about talk, talking about it here and even me, I obviously see those captions, but I see them at the time and now looking back at them and seeing how different you are mm-hmm. and how much more open minded and I feel more driven, though. Yeah, but it is interesting because all of those captions have been inspired by they're basically me expressing a thought process, aren't they? And it's because I'm discovering new thought processes, yeah. which is me just saying in different ways that i'm being more learning curious open-minded and what you're doing is you're going through a process of enlightenment really yeah like you have the self-awareness and then that in turn allows you to have the awareness of other people around you and the whole world really i would totally say that that was uh for you a process of enlightenment i would because it's so profound the difference in you and how much more open you are to things and ironically i'm the one that decided when and picked up and picked and chose links really mm. it was all off i didn't consult her about it at all yeah i did the whole thing and this was mm. what i weird? would say to him throughout i was like acknowledge the lessons that you're learning from this because yeah. those are the only things that you you can take from it and yeah. i think that that has been such a game changer for you i hope it's been therapeutic yeah but i think it has like this has been amazing like hearing you talk about it honestly i feel like we've had a counseling session (laughs) i hope you're not as expensive as my other counselor (laughs) (laughs) no i've really enjoyed this (laughs) yeah Uh, you know something i'd like to ask lydia two questions for you actually yeah first of all i think it would be hugely beneficial and valuable to hear what it was that first took you into therapy Mm -hmm. not what it was that happened to you but what it was that made you actually go and get therapy because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have hang-ups with doing that I did myself Mm -hmm. until I finally made that decision to do it Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm also really interested to hear something you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation five hours ago (laughs) (laughs) one million years ago (laughs) (laughs) was um, that you've just changed your morning and evening routine yeah so just interested to hear what that's like and then Ali from you has that impacted you? You were saying there that he's got more interested in meditation and some of the other stuff mm-hmm. you do. Has that impacted you? Have you, you changed anything on your side? So don't know which one you want to go okay. after first. But... What was the first question? <laughs> Wait. First one was what sort of led you, what was the kind oh, of Oh yeah, to therapy. Then, yeah. So um, I remember that there was a particularly bad day when I couldn't get off the sofa in the house and I was just, I was just on the sofa and I, people we had like workmen in the house and everyone was tiptoeing around me because I was in such a horrendous state from what I was dealing with that I just stayed and I like went in and out of sleep all day and I was just crying and it was, it was just horrible. 
And I was like, I can't continue like this. And the fact that people are tiptoeing around the kitchen because I'm asleep on the sofa because I don't have the energy to do anything else other than preserve what little I have of my head. I was like, I think something needs to change now because I have to, there has to be a way in which I can cope because I am sensitive. And that's something I always thought was a bad thing to be sensitive. Like there are those people that are like, you know, sensitive for the sake of being sensitive, but I'm sensitive to how people view me and taking things in a way that I would never mean them to be. And I care about how I make people feel. And if I was making people feel these horrendous things about me, what must I be doing? And I was taking that and I was just taking it on board and I was taking all of the shit that the world and the internet was throwing at me and I was taking it on. And I had to go and learn how to not take it on and break it down and understand it. And that was what it Mm. equipped me with because now I'm just completely different, aren't I? I I mean, I'll have times when I am getting a a bit of a like rollicking from the internet, which is quite, I do get it fairly regularly, even just over silly things. I can get a little bit anxious from it because again I'd never want to upset anyone but I'm much better at dealing with and I let you know when I'm going through it yeah I've definitely became more understanding of what it is I mean even just something as small as I watched um, Anxiety Explained on Netflix Mm. and Explained are a series of um, different styles Mm. of sort of like educational yeah yeah um, docs and there was one on anxiety and I found that really insightful but just seeing the difference in lids as time goes on you see the difference as to when they are struggling and when they're not because you just pick up don't you people's behavior um and i've learned to be um more what's the word you're more equipped to what my needs trying to say but yeah but it was more to do with like i will be i will change so it's not that i'm becoming more acceptable or patient but like i need to be more caring during those times because I know it means a lot to her and so I've had to learn what that is because I've not had anxiety Mm. to the level that Lids has I've never had a panic attack Mm. so to try to explain to somebody that's never had a panic attack what a panic attack is Mm. I'm like I don't know I've not had it yeah and it goes back to what we said earlier about loss I've never had it so I can't relate to it and sometimes I think you need to experience something to truly understand it um and I think that I've learned as much as I can through Lydia with what it actually is and the impacts of it and over time I've learned to deal with being a better partner in those certain yeah. circumstances because definitely at the, at the beginning I was very ununderstand I was very I wasn't very understanding yeah and I wasn't um particularly what's the word empathetic yeah to, to it but you've he's changed so much and he's had to adapt as well and I've had to adapt so through me learning he's learned as well so i just go just relax yeah <laughs> that's what i would say helpful to her. yeah, so yeah. That's what just chill out yeah yeah. Just, yeah that's what i used to say to her because i just didn't understand i'd be like what's wrong just relax like just sit there and chill yeah. and i never used to understand but now i'm a lot a lot better mm-hmm. yeah um, but so i think i'm i'm quite good at, i don't let anything get really bad and i'm able i'm i'm so in tune with myself that i was like okay this is bad you haven't left the sofa you need to maybe go and talk to someone mm-hmm. and and so i did and i i probably did six months quite intensively and she was good because she was really quite frank and um she didn't like paint herself as this like holier than thou so when she would reflect on on things that she does in her life it was just it was almost like wow like that's your expectation and my expectation of myself is here so I'm obviously setting myself up 
for failure to be this perfect person that no one can be because everyone's just happy with being, like mm. we said, enough. And um, so it was just learning learning that about myself. And yeah, it was... It Managing was, those expectations. Yeah, and then there was the one day yourself. I was like, oh, I actually don't think I need to go. Like I don't, I, I didn't keep going or anything like that because I felt... You'd benefited and yeah. gained what you could from, from seeing her. I, I, I wasn't... There were times where I was driving, like speeding to get there because mm. I just needed to, to speak to her. Yeah, to <laughs> offload. I had kids to <laughs> offload as well. No, but... Um, <laughs> But it was, I knew that I needed to go and do that and just speak to her and get it off my chest and, and dissect all of the things that I've been going through. And that was the, like, dissecting situations that I thought were absolutely horrendous and learning that they weren't really that horrendous. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that was mine, that, that sofa. That's what I always go back to, like, I couldn't leave the sofa and... That was a bad low point. Yeah. What are you going once a week to therapy? Yes. Yeah. 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 Once it, it started off once a week and then it dropped down to twice a week uh, to to twice a month, mm. and then I was just like, I'm good. I'm sweet. Nice. Yeah. And what about now? Do you still get anxiety? And if you do, what helps it? Um, I do. There will always. It's not. I don't even. I wouldn't say that I have anxiety still. I think that we all have the element, the, the ability to feel anxious. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. So I don't think it's something that can just come out of nowhere for me. I think that it would I would be doing a disservice to what a lot of people go through with their anxieties if I said that I did. I just think I'm able to get anxious from certain triggers. Mm-hmm. And w- one of them, you know, if, if it's all getting, if I'm pushing myself too much work-wise, like during Christmas I did a vlog every day other than the weekends and I'm putting out all of this content and then when people are like not very nice to me about it I'm like why am I doing this and I take that quite badly and it's like I'm pushing myself to my absolute limit here of what I can give to my work yeah and when someone's like or people are like this is crap Mm -hmm. you're like (laughs) I think you're just more susceptible to um being affected when you're exhausted and yes. you're exerting yourself yeah. because you're at your weaker state. Yeah, so yeah that's so right. Yeah, I think that's, that's why. That's amazing. That's a great show. And then the second it's question, true. the second question was about my routine and how it's changed. Yes, morning routines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That Mine's has... changed as well, but I just yeah. didn't announce it on the radio. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yours has changed because I... Because Lewis has changed. Yeah. The catalyst. Because <laughs> I don't let him sleep in. <laughs> I'm, I, bas- I realise from this book... This book has basically changed my outlook on a lot of things. I feel like I, I likened it in a, in a video to the way that people feel about The Secret. Yeah. I never really got into The Secret because for me it was not enough proactivity, if you know what I mean. There's only so much I can do in here. I then need to be doing things like tangibly in life. It, changed, it made me realise that I'm all or nothing. So I set unrealistic goals for myself that I'm never going to be able to achieve and then I kick myself when I don't achieve them. So if I say to myself, I want to get up every day and do a 45 minute spin class, there's no way I can do that because my schedule doesn't permit that. And I can only work out in the morning. So I, it would just all fall, fall apart. I wouldn't be getting the exercise because I'd set myself unrealistic goals. So the whole thing now is based around, I record my workouts and even if I only get 15 minutes in, that's 15 minutes more than what I would have got with my old routine of setting myself 45 minutes and 45 minutes only. So that's in terms, that's like my approach to things in that I do what I can 
but I'll push myself when I'm really like ready to. Um, I also plan, like I said, I write a lot of stuff down. So every night, so my, my actual routine starts the night before and it'll be when I finish work, I sit down and I plan and I write down everything that I'm going to do in the morning. And it sounds really sad, but I I literally, (laughs) this is really embarrassing, but I literally write down 6.30 a.m. up. (laughs) Because I've written it. I thought you were writing something really sophisticated. No, (laughs) that's what I think people are writing, but I, I, I even write that down because if I've written it down, it almost, it feels like a goal and I get to tick it off. And that in my brain works really well. Ticking things off really. An, an accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. It's like an accomplishment. I haven't done anything yet. I just got up. So I start, I write down my plan of action for the day. So I have like a list for the day and then a list for the week. Mm-hmm. And I can add things from my weekly list to my day when I've done all of the things on there to get more done. And just the, and I think this is old news for most people, but for me at 31 years old, I, I thought, God, writing lists, that's more of my time that I don't have. I'm so much more productive now that I plan my weeks and I plan my days and I get so much more done. Even my manager, Carrie, who's also my best friend, I feel really weird when I say she's my manager because she's <laughs> actually my best friend. But she's like, I can't believe how much you get done. And because last year everything built up, I don't ever want to get back to that point where... I, I can't physically come back from it. There's so much that it needs doing. I will never get through it. So now when I feel like, oh my gosh, I, I haven't got that done. That needs to get done because I cannot let it build up. So I do that. So I wake up early again now, which I completely let go of last year. I'm up between 6am and 7, but usually more like 6.30. And I get up. I don't wake you up yet. No, I'm laughing because she said I get up between six and seven. And then you said something like, actually, he's 6.30. I'm like, that is fine in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. You confirmed what you said. Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So I get up at 6.30 and um, I just, I have my gym kit laid out the night before. And that's another thing, like preparing. Because just the knowledge of knowing what I have to do when I get up means I just do it if I'm saying oh I've got to do this as well I've got to do that just having structure so I get up my my gym kit's already there put it on have some water I down loads and loads of water do my spin if I'm feeling extra good I'll do some yoga and then I have to get straight in the shower I'm not allowed to sit down and have like a nice long drink or any like a coffee I can't do it because if I do I won't get back up and nothing will get done shower then I make a rather than having energy drinks because I had a really bad um Mm. addiction to red bull (laughs) really bad that had been for like the last two years i had one yesterday it's fantastic did you yeah Mm, i've not had one um i've now replaced it with ginger like homemade ginger and lemon tea that i make every homemade yeah yeah so great the ginger bring it to the boil leave it to stand for 40 i'll send you the link please (laughs) it's on my blog honestly i love lemon and ginger tea oh it's amazing but i was trying the tea bags and the tea bags are a bit like yeah like a bit weird Having it like fresh. homemade, fresh. No oh, way. it's the dream. Sticking the fresh. And I, honestly, it's so weird. So many people are like tagging me in it because they're doing yeah. it now as well. But awesome. I have that. And that's just like a zingy kind of but warming wake me up in the morning. I take that upstairs. I get myself ready and I'm ready to work on time. Whereas people last year, my staff would be arriving and I wouldn't be ready. And that was embarrassing for me. So now <laughs> I am ready to work on the dot. And 
that's made me so much more productive. I've got so much more of my day. It's just, yeah, my, my life feels so much more positive and that puts me in a positive mindset because if I don't get up at that time, I feel like I've lost my entire day. It's so weird. I don't know, do, do you have it? No, you don't have it. Wow. Um, if I sleep past the time, like if I sleep past 7 a.m., I feel like I've ruined my day. Like I said, all or nothing. Yeah. And if I feel like I've ruined my day, then I just throw it in the bin. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. It's so bad. I, I want to, I get up at 6.30 as well. Okay, good. Between 6 and 7. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like having that habit, because obviously the way the body works is we have our circadian rhythm. So when we interrupt that pattern, if we start changing the times that we're waking up, it affects the way that our mood is and everything else. So I'm like you, I've had anxiety and all that sort of stuff as well. Mm. So I try and do everything I can to avoid it. So having my sleep routine be the same mm-hmm. is really important. So yeah, if I sleep in or sometimes you have to allow your body to sleep in. Yes. If you're really exhausted, you have to listen to your body. But generally speaking, try and do 6.30. I have a tip for you, Ooh. which is going to help your sleep, hopefully. Or actually at least help you wake up. Have you got the sleep cycle Just let him finish. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, 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 babe. You really wanted to know that one. Sorry. You can cut that bit out. So there's a, a light called the Lumi light. Oh, we've got it. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. We've we've got the um, Philips Hue version of it. No, we've got the Lumi as well. Oh, and we've got the Lumi. We've got two. Oh, just let Mark finish. You sorry, babe. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, you already know. But essentially, it yeah. kicks your circadian rhythm off 30 minutes before your wake-up time. Yeah. So when the alarm goes off, then your circadian rhythm has already started, yeah. which basically means that chemically, your the chemicals that are waking your body up, like serotonin and all this stuff. I know, I spoke to a sleep Don't, don't interrupt him, let him finish. Why are you knocking me? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you do a podcast with a married couple. <laughs> yeah, it's a good lesson. Um, so yeah, you guys already use it, it's amazing. Well, no, I've we don't noticed. use it. This is the thing. And I now don't use it, but I understand it. Mm, because it's the best thing of every hack I've learned. It's the best thing I've had. Yeah. We need to start using it. So I did a campaign with Boss um, in the summertime and they had a sleep expert come out and talk about sleep. And one of the main things he focused on was um, light and obviously the importance of sunrise, sunset and basically the hormone that gets released by the light penetrating through the eyelids mm-hmm. and the chemical release and it starts to wake your body up slowly, which is how it should be. They actually use, they for some athletes, earbuds that have lights that shine light through your ear. Who came in to speak to you? Oh, it wasn't you Nick always Lit- forget. Was it yeah, Nick? Yeah, Nick. Nick. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, so it was him. He's the guy that I was chatting to he, about. Yeah, he coached like Ronaldo, Man United, Arsenal, Formula One, drivers, Formula One Team yeah. GB in the cycling. He was the one who did all that incremental gains. Thing. Yes, that's it. So he's so he's the one that got me fixed on the to not focus so much on block sleep, but quality of sleep. So and do you nap now? Uh, not so much, no. But I feel like I've I'm in a good place where I have the right amount of energy for my day. If I ever feel like I need to nap, I would nap. Yeah, we're but, going to sleep a lot earlier now yeah. as well, like two hours earlier than mm. we, we used time? to. Between 10 and 11, whereas we, we would regularly, midnight, like one. midnight, really? one o'clock. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. I came from a working environment where there was a lot of structure. So every day I knew that I had to be up at 6.30. I need to be leaving my house at 7. I would have a 10 o'clock break, a 12 o'clock break. I'd be home at 4.30 in the gym. Everything was routine, Monday to Friday, like block, like block work. Right, yeah, clockwork, 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 clockwork. <laughs> clockwork. It works for me, <laughs> like building blocks. <laughs> and um, so everything was like just com- completely 
systemized and everything just flowed perfectly and Mm. as soon as i started this job it was like oh wow you now are in control of your own structure and i've had ups and downs and certainly in more recent times my time management has been really bad and this is probably going back to the start of 2019 time management is really bad i definitely recognized that i was more creative in the evening so what I would do is I would start my day really slowly. I would get up later because I knew that I needed to go to bed later because I could be more creative at night. And that didn't doesn't change. I still feel more creative at night. I have when I lay in bed, my brain, my, the creative things go through my head so much. And in the morning, it's like I'm there's nothing going on. Hmm. I do partly think that that's part of his mindset. Though. Yeah. So this is where I'm coming. I'm yeah. getting to this. So Sorry, I keep interrupting everyone. Ali's yeah. telling me off. <laughs> <laughs> so we. So over more recent times, um, the back end of 2019, Lydia obviously is on my case all the time about we need to start going to bed earlier because getting up too late and we need to get into a better routine and everything was routine, routine, routine. And I was like, I can't train in the morning. My body's not awake. It's not ready for it. And I would say this to other people that train earlier in the morning. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to start doing it because it sits in line with Lydia's routine and it's just easier for us all and so I just pushed myself through it and after about three weeks I can train in the morning now I train Mm. every morning and I feel better for it and I can still be creative in the evening Mm -hmm. I just don't need to work until the stupid hours in the morning to be creative I'm still getting it later on in the day so Lydia's routine has impacted the way I am and I do think that it's worked well yeah it, it, it took a lot though yeah, I would. I've honestly like he would just sleep. Sometimes I go upstairs and I'd come back down. It'd be like ten o'clock or something, and he'd still be in bed. Really? And I'd be like, Ali, you've it wasn't got that to... late. Sometimes you make it me was. sound like a savage. I no, 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 not much... all the time. That was <laughs> yeah. that, no, that was. Make it sound that... right, lazy ass. No, no, <laughs> that was sometimes. <laughs> that's why I said sometimes. I still do like fourteen-hour work days. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. It's like you're you're sleeping into where you're working into the night, and yeah, it's I like know, yeah. you just needed to have like a reshuffle and put it back and he'd almost like convinced himself before he gets up in the morning that he's tired already and he needs to wake up because everyone wakes up and they're like oh Mm. but then you wake up as you're up and out of bed and you feel better about it and he just kind of had to learn how to do that a bit better yeah well your body just adapts when you're doing positive or negative yeah i remember when i was playing football in america what chronotype are you am PM. You're a PM. I have actually changed. That's why the Lumi is so good for me because I do. I feel that ugh, groggy like when I wake up every morning. Whereas so you the, get up later now? No, I still get up at 6.30, but the Lumi light on a chemical level puts more serotonin in my body, so I find it easier. Yeah. Um, but then I do have days where I do sleep in a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, when I was playing football in America, I was going to bed at like 2, 3. And this is when I was like 21, 22. Yeah. And we mm. just play FIFA. We won't do it work. Yeah, yeah, just, we just playing FIFA. Yeah, having fun. And then I'd be waking up at 11, 12. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was the worst thing. And then I've spoken quite openly on the podcast about how when I first moved back from America, I got chronic fatigue and that lasted for years. And I think that partly oh. was responsible. Yeah. yeah. The whole way that my diet was really poor out there. Overtraining with yeah. both playing football and in the gym and, and, and not sleeping right in patterns yeah, with yeah. the circadian rhythm. But I wanted to make you feel better about your am or pm i think and the yeah. ideas that you have because there's the brain waves when we yes. sleep which i'll just check in so that like beta brain wave which is when we're concentrating is when yeah. we're awake but then when we start to fall into sleep you go into alpha yeah which is where you start to have more of the creative ideas it's a different it's the back part of your brain isn't it yeah so the back it's part it, of your brain yeah. is where the alpha wave yeah. is 
Is that why you've got the big hook at the back of your head? I've got one of those as well. Actually, when I noticed yours earlier, I was like, that made me feel better. Better or a bit jealous? I think it's a bit jealous about my bump. (laughs) Yeah, I find it's fascinating how the brain works and the the way in which it flows through different sections of the the mind and that promotes different thought processes. Um, And I think that I don't feel like changing my routine has affected my output which is something that's really important but i feel like it's improved the home environment mm. so it's actually had a positive impact impact yeah absolutely i agree with that so yeah, yeah. but it's really interesting and i'm glad that you support what i'm saying with yeah. facts that's why it's I, good it's, it's good to know for both of what you've said you said you have the ideas when you go to sleep and lydia you have your pad with you all the time like i had to start putting that by my bed because then i'd have ideas oh yeah like, right yeah i yeah. carry this with me everywhere now and it goes by the the side of the bed and with a pen and i just write everything down even if it's just something stupid like sending a text message because yeah. it needs to be on my list mm-hmm. for me to know that it needs to be done yeah. and this is the this is how i've adapted and acknowledged the type of person that i am work-wise and maximizing on mm. that so yeah like, look, that's my I'll just write the little and then do a little tick next to it. See, I wish I could do it on my phone because every, cause, or, or my iPad, but I'm just such a, like, I need the actual physical thing. Uh, yeah, I prefer writing it down as well. Like, if I, all yeah. the stuff that's in here, yeah. way better. I want to start journaling, I do, though. I do a doodle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to start journaling. That is something that I want to do. So get another pad that just stays by my bed yeah. and write down a few sentences of what, because I think that would be fascinating. Even, like, after I... I'm not here anymore to have a diary of so I, that's what I want to get now is and just keep it always by my bed and every night write down what happened that day and thoughts and things and even just after a year it'd be fascinating to go back to the beginning of my own book and read it yeah I think that would be fascinating yeah but that's just me having a brain fart on the podcast <laughs> but yeah no it's good <laughs> so after our Joe Rogan marathon episode we do the same three questions at the end of every episode and that is really geared towards giving people actionable advice to incorporate into their day straight away. And then I've loads of stuff to take from what you've said already. But to get like a sort of one-liner or relatively short response on these, and I'll compare it to what you said two years ago. So the first is, is there anything that you're particularly excited about at the minute that listeners should look into themselves? And Ali, you said Slack, which was Obviously now that probably sounds like everyone knows what Slack is, but at the time it was, it was a relatively new piece of software. It was an app that you started using it. It had impacted the way that you ran your business. Um, and Lydia, you said digesting positive content in the morning. You'd started a, a, a habit of watching uh, TED Talks and stuff in the morning. And mm-hmm. that was your kind of thing that you'd really got excited about. So anything that's changed? I'd say I've evolved from TED Talks mm, okay. onto like audiobooks and that even though I'm listening to the same book again just listening to something that gets you in the right mindset in the morning that's still something that I would say that hugely impacts me but also I'd say that preparing for things ahead of time rather than tackling them as you hit them that's been a Mm. huge catalyst in changing how I'm functioning just like I said writing things down and planning ahead has taken such a stress away from me so yeah listening to positive content in the morning whatever it is if it's a podcast by Mark Whittle um, (laughs) or if it's um, listening to ebooks or if it's watching YouTube videos that make you feel happy I'd say I still stand by that yeah what's your favorite audio book that you listen to the one that I told you about in this already honestly that's that has changed my life changed my life just 
taught me so many lessons that you think that you you know this stuff but you actually don't and just having someone say to you that you know you can't do it all in the way that you think you might actually have to try different methods yeah. and just so many just things that I think oh my god I should have known that and I don't and it's just really great to remind yourself and things about happiness as well and, and what we think makes us happy but what actually makes us happy is completely different and yeah I love it I'll listen to it again and again amazing yeah for me um this year although we're only a few weeks in it's been a massive um time to reflect on my outlook in general and life and I've found that being open to learning and not being afraid to learn the basics and the fundamentals um should be a priority and some of people would be much more advanced and they've already done all this. But for anybody that hasn't, um, I would strongly suggest going back into education. And by doing that, you don't I don't mean going to sit in a classroom and um, necessarily have a tutor. There's lots of free available content online to help educate you and to what I call self-development. And I recently listened to a YouTube video. Well, I watched the YouTube video. Um, and it's How the Economic Machine Works in 30 Minutes by Ray Dalio. Mm. And it's fascinating because I sat down and I said to Lids, do you know how our economy works? And she was like, yeah. I was like, how does it work then? And it was kind of like a moment of, oh, oh, I'm not sure. And I was like, I have no idea how our economy works. And so I sat down with Lids in the lounge and I watched the video um, about how the economy works in 30 minutes. And it's fascinating. And it just reminded me that that is one of the basic fundamentals of business. When anybody goes into the business, it's everybody's business is involved in the ecosystem, the economy, sorry. And how the economy works is something that is the basics of every business structure, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to not be afraid to go down to the lowest levels of trying to educate myself on the fundamentals to then try to develop on top of that so last year was slack which was something that i felt was a application that improved and amplified our workflow and it made our day-to-day -day, um, activity a lot more productive so that was really essential so i think this time around i would be suggesting watching this video because i feel like it will help create a base layer for you to work off to then develop your aspirations to be an entrepreneur yeah. and so forth it's amazing it really shows your development as an individual as well like mm. you've gone from looking at the business and how it functions day to day to the economy like how yeah. everything functions yeah. yeah because it's i think it's very overlooked like, i think yeah. everybody has a rough idea when they say well they know what the economy is the yeah. economy is this but mm. how does it actually work it's brilliant 30 minutes ray dalio on youtube yeah, so how the, the we'll push it it's out. called how the economic machine works in 30 minutes you'd love a uh, little side note you'd love his book principles because he, okay the first half is about economic principles and how yes. he made money and the second half is life principles Yes. Get it Amazing. on yeah. Audible and make I've that. also been advised to do um, Andy, our um, carpenter. He's actually downstairs today. We were talking this morning when I was in the gym. Um, we were just chatting away. We have great conversations about business, me and Andy. And uh, cause he's quite an entrepreneur himself. He's incredible. He and really um, he suggested uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, best book. So I've, I've, so good. Because I can't read. No, that's 
completely incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to edit this, aren't you? I can read That's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I don't read, I don't digest information quickly by reading. So when I read things, I'll read it and I'll be like, I need to read that again. I kind of get it and I read it again and then I get it. So I'd have to read a book three times to get out of what somebody would read in one. And I know you can train yourself to read and maybe one day I will. Um, but at the moment, visually seeing something, um, not in writing, but visually seeing something I learn and also listening. So if something's in audio form, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube video or something, I, that's how I learn. Mm-hmm. And being able to visually see how the ecosystem the economy works as well as having that sound it's just for me it just was really quick to intake yeah. that information um i don't know where i was going with this no it's no no nice. you're talking about the the um the way that you're learning and that's basically how it is and i think that that's i i'm for me it's just oh, inc- yeah because mark suggested reading a book yeah I think yeah. you sh- I think you're seeing how you've taken to the podcast that you listen to yeah i think that you'll really take to ebooks as well because it's even more sort of structured whereas podcasts are a bit more conversational especially the ones yeah. that you talk talk uh, you listen to yeah you really like there's more structure to an ebook if you're looking to like learn something yeah i just at the moment i like listening and, and watching videos about education because mm-hmm. i feel like I, I can digest the information a lot more efficiently mm-hmm. than reading but i i definitely listen to the poor dad rich dad whatever it is yeah well that, you know with that one specifically they're quite heavy those ones right. so i actually listened to the audiobook of that one first okay cool good and it's brilliant and i was just like wow because it completely changed the way that i look at an asset oh, yeah. and how yeah, yeah yeah you know when people look at houses and stuff as assets well actually no it's draining you of money every month mm. yeah so yeah. is it making you money because that is ultimately well, an asset this is this is funny because this is the exact thing andy said he said the house you live in is not an asset no. because that costs you but a house that you own as an investment that makes you money is an asset exactly it's, it's very true yeah, yeah. So that's why, you know, on a completely off topic here, but the house that I've just bought and moved out of London into, I didn't, I didn't, a lot of people spend more money on their next house, mm-hmm. whereas we kept it flat because oh. of personal goals, life goals, yeah, like yeah. being, running your own business and leaving secure jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, for me, it made sense. I actually originally wanted to reduce. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. But. We didn't end up doing that. Also, like quality, <laughs> you also yourself. think of like the quality of your life as yeah, well and yeah. like improving that. Factors, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. So yeah, that would be my my uh, tip of 2020. Nice, mate. I really want to watch that video. Yeah. So share with me, please. Yeah, yeah. I will, I'll send you a link to that. So the second of these three is, is there a particular habit or routine you would encourage your listeners to undertake which will drive their performance forward? Last time, Ali, you said maximising your time and getting up early, which... Funny enough, I've only just just started doing thanks to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Practice what you preach. Your own own medicine. Um, You're actually talking more about maximising your time, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So I think you were doing loads as far as projects at at that point in your life. So um, that was really good advice. And Lydia, you said, again, which is some timeless advice, was trying as many things as possible and finding out what works for you. Because Mm -hmm. for some people, getting up at five works. For some people, getting up at ten works and whatever. And kind of what we've said today as well. So anything any habits that you've found in the last couple of years that you would suggest people look into and in fact i know your answer already Ali, and i can help you with it if you want okay what's, what's his your, answer what's on your back oh yeah oh cupping, cupping. Mm. Oh. oh we, we haven't spoken about cupping on here before we haven't spoke about cupping so when i opened the door this morning naked to mark <laughs> <laughs> i was showing him how cupping works <laughs> <laughs> horrendous <laughs> horrendous 
and so as good. long as you write <laughs> it felt so good as long as you use the right tools that have the right suction then you can find real happiness from the therapy please make my editing easier <laughs> <laughs> um okay um yeah what am i what, what so we're saying about uh, routine just uh, just say a habit a habit okay so i have a, n- a new habit that um i treat my fridays like um even if it's just the evening i schedule in something that is just for me um i've started having reflexology which mm. i am aiming to have twice a month and who's that with our interest spring reflexology in okay. milton Keynes. right just because when i spoke to proudlock two weeks ago that was his thing he introduced oh. me to someone who was like the best thing he's ever done yeah, it really is. It's so good. And that's like a little thing for me. But obviously, I can't have that every week. So yeah. then I want to basically I want to aim to do one thing that's just selfishly for me a week that's just indulgent. And I want to do it on a Friday because finishing up work and doing that for myself is the most amazing thing than going into the weekend completely relaxed. Even mm. if you've had a stressful week doing that, it just everything drains away. Yeah, and that's so, lovely, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's a great, great show. That's like one of the things I was changing in 2020 was just having a Friday evening to go and do something because yeah. I can't tell you the difference I have in my weekends now. I'm so much happier because Amazing. I've let go of everything. So that's a new little routine awesome. that I strongly suggest if your budget permits. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to second that. Sorry to not give an innovative uh, insight to a new yeah. new way, but as we were discussing earlier about cupping actually taking the time every other week to go and have a sports massage i'm being serious (laughs) to go and cup (laughs) to go and have a sports massage is um something that makes me feel a lot better about myself Mm. because i feel a lot looser any tension and stress that's been built up throughout that that (laughs) you're making it bad for yourself now (laughs) you can't take it serious no but i agree that self-care that like (laughs) element of (laughs) Can you tell I'm on a podcast with two boys? <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, no. Oh my God. <laughs> now you've got the giggles. Oh, I'm good, I'm good here. Come on, come yeah, on. We're back in the room. Um, I will come up with a new idea if you want. No, no, no. I think that that's good that you're reiterating that because I, I got Ali for Christmas a reflexology voucher and I got him a voucher for where that's I go fun. and have my like nails done, mm. where I have facials because... Men are the worst for it because they think that they shouldn't be doing these things because it's a woman's thing to do. Like, no, go and take care of yourself. Have your nails tidied up. Have a massage. Have a facial. Have a pedicure because most of your guys' feet are disgusting. Mm. <laughs> I nearly booked in for with polish. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> I just thought po- like them. polished up your nails after. And Liz was like, no, no, no. It's like like actual like nail with polish. A I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's such a thing that that I think that we should do more of basically. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, and, just, and I'm just going to second that. I think men, men yeah. as well. Well, I think there's two practices there, both cupping and reflexology. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you can't even say it anymore. I've <laughs> 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 not even told you what cupping is yet. Oh. <laughs> they don't I'm even sure know what cupping is. is. You can tell me, but you... <laughs> People are going to be watching this, this be, listening to Google this, it. thinking, what's cupping? They'll know what it is, babe. They'll know. Okay. So 
I think we should wrap it there, guys. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to do the third one, are we? We're not going to do the third no, one. What we... was the third one? Just out of interest. So the third one was, if you imagine that there was two versions of yourself. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, go on. What was the key trait between the version of yourself who went on to be ultimately the individual sat in front of me who have achieved all the amazing things you've done yeah. and the individual who would never have achieved those things, wouldn't have managed to get themselves there. Okay. And what were the answers? Ali's was commitment. Yeah, stay, which, stay with that show. Which is really good, you know, but like you obviously elaborated on that, but overall summed yeah. up as commitment. And Lydia, yours was self-belief. Yeah. yeah. No, Matt, because you said, again, you mentioned it on this podcast that a lot of people said you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and, and even when I started my blog, people told me like, what are you doing? Like, oh, yeah. this is this is so cringe. Like, why are you taking pictures of yourself in outfits? <laughs> and... Yeah, so to summarise that up. To summarise, sorry, yeah. And, but you went through that as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Jesus, been... we're just about to go for another 10 minutes. I know, minutes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I would, I would say that, that's, that that is the same. Keep believing in yourself, even now, yeah. because even at this level in my career, I still feel the same doubts that I had, and I have to remind myself to keep believing in myself and looking yeah. at the end goal. Yeah, Amazing. so to summarise that up, I would say stay committed, have self-belief still stays true yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and that's age-old advice as well yeah mm. guys thanks so much honestly i love what you guys are doing i love seeing you guys do better and better and grow into what you're doing and, and being an inspiration to so many people too and likewise yeah, yeah. likewise thank yeah. you very much so very so much we need food yeah. <laughs> 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 thank you so much for having us back on the podcast yeah. honestly uh, it's, a pleasure. Um, it's been nice listening to some of the uh series as well throughout yeah. the uh year which i have i've listened to my city like this one the other day for an hour yeah it's good good listening yeah good I'm you've good. got a very good voice for for podcasts as yes well. thank you yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah calming. someone else said that to me actually as well i didn't say it to you i said it to mark no someone oh. else <laughs> said to me that mark has a very good yeah yeah it's a podcast yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> we need food mark's going red <laughs> <laughs> stop it <laughs> all right let's go for some lunch yeah. yes thank you thanks guys bye bye, bye. So there it is, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And a huge thank you again to both Ali and Lydia for sharing all of their insight, being very honest and open, particularly for Ali uh, opening up again and speaking about how painful it was last year. And also to Lydia for opening up and specifically speaking about what it was that drove her to go and seek therapy, something which is so important to share in light in recent events this weekend as well. It's only more important that we speak out openly about what it is that upsets us and this online culture can be such a horrible place to be. So another reminder just to be kind to each other. Go and check out the guys online at Ali Gordon and at Lydia Millen. Their content is amazing. What they do is incredible. They work with the biggest brands in the entire world. They've basically shaped this space themselves and it's such an honor to have them on again. As a people-forming podcast, my goal is to speak with the highest achievers in what they're doing, and these guys are certainly that. So thanks again so much, Ali and Lydia. We'll have to do it again in a year or two years' time. Once again, as I mentioned in the intro, the next Take Flight event has just been announced on the 5th of March. You can see all details on my Instagram page at markwittle underscore TF. Tickets are available on Eventbrite through the link in my bio. And to hear what it's all about, listen to episode 55, 57, and 59. It was literally the highlight of my year last year. We did two Take Flight events last year, one with Calm Mental Health Charity, and that was awesome during Mental Health Awareness Week. And 
one in October, which was all around how we overcome adversity and consciously decide to look at challenge as a positive thing, as something that's going to teach us something that we can take on into our lives. And I expect a similar kind of atmosphere in the room, real powerful feeling of people who are connecting with one another. You know, I've had people who have got jobs with one another at these events. I've had people who have gone on to do podcast episodes with each other, gone on to become ambassadors for brands, gone on to collaborate in so many different ways. So as far as the content that goes out and the conversation that we have on the evening is important and is everything that I'm driven to deliver to try and inspire people it's also about the people that you meet there on the night and the opportunities that present themselves on the evening because it drives a certain kind of individual to this event and if you feel like that individual is you the kind of person who's pushing the boundaries and trying to achieve great things then i'm sure you're going to meet some amazing people on the evening as well again as mentioned in the intro next week is another special episode the founder of huel julian hearn what a fantastic individual this guy was i went over to tring one afternoon and went to the HQ, spoke all about how he's built the business, everything that he did before Huel and everything he feels helped him get to where he is. He's one of those people that when you mention his name, people are just impressed and wish that they could speak to him as well. So I felt very honoured to be able to have that conversation and I'm really, really excited to share that episode with you all next week. And even more excited to be able to bring him to you live for the Take Flight event on the 5th of March. So I hope everyone's had a fantastic weekend and is excited for an amazing week up ahead. I know I am. And until next time, stay positive, stay motivated and take flight.